In 2016, a new Arrowverse show premiered on the CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in the Shadows of Pilot. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and the progression of season one. This week, the Cold Wave North Era, gender roles in my future, and how many Star Wars jokes are too many Star Wars jokes? Definitely don't call us heroes. We are the legends of next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the legends of next week. I'm your host, Mary. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Eden. She, her pronouns. And I am Kate. I also use she, her pronouns. So what have we got this week? This week is a better episode than last week, thankfully. Yay! (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, We are talking about season one episode seven marooned i have to say and i know i say this almost every week i miss the intros i i miss that recap i miss seeing all the little symbols flash on the screen and i think that's a part of and that's a part of season one i do miss seeing currently yeah i was gonna say i I was thinking hypothetically in my car the other day this is what i do I was thinking about my ranking of the Legends seasons. I've always ranked this one a little higher and didn't know why. I think it is the nostalgia of just that point in time and seeing the old intro and the old team. Maybe that's what makes it better than it actually is for me. (laughs) Uh, I have nostalgia goggles, I'll say. But this is is a good episode. Um, I would be actually interested in seeing the old intro done over and see like what the new characters would be like Rard, what his symbol would be what would Sari's symbol be what would Gary's symbol be and Astra that'd be interesting yeah definitely um I mean I could think of a few things I mean we 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 never really got to see one for John we were past that era and it makes you sad although knowing John it could have been anything whatever your dark desires are I feel like his would be a pentagram. I don't know why. It probably oh, would. It, yeah. yeah. Probably. But this week, and while we're looking at Maroon, we're saying it's a pretty good episode. This is kind of one of our first bottle episodes. I mean, technically, we're in two locations. Mm-hmm. We're on both the Wave Rider and the Acheron. Acheron. Three. Three locations. Oh, yeah, the ending. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do go somewhere else in the end. But we'll get back to that. No, we go Next somewhere break. else during the um, other place, too. So, Oh, that's right. Uh, we have flashbacks. Yeah. Oh, the yes. flashback. I'm, like, I'm a smart Okay, maybe it's not a full bottle episode, but I like kind of the closed quarters of this episode. This episode is shot really well. Yes. Uh, yeah, the director was really good. So, uh, director for this episode was Gregory Smith, and he's done a couple of episodes for Arrow, Flash, and for Legends. He's done some in kind of a lot of the early seasons of Legends. His most, well, his most recent one actually was the Crisis on Infinite Earths one in 2020. So, he's been around. He did one of my I, favorite episodes. I had a moment earlier this week when I realized that in season one they traveled finale spoilers they traveled to 2021 
And I had like a full body shudder go through me when I realized oh. you're past 2021. Oh, no. That was our future at the time. And now it's our past. No. I know how time no. works, but oh. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're just going to sit here on that for a while. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Um, if you're at home, I, I hope you're feeling okay. And I'm sorry if I ruined your day a little bit. Well, this episode. <laughs> um, tell us about Corona. Just say. No, let's not go there. Because that will come up in later episodes. But for this episode um keeping in line talking about the direction this is the first episode we have a kind of a flashback narrative i think the way we transition between flashback and reality are really good um because the flashbacks in this are rips flashbacks to his time when he first met miranda Mm -hmm. so i guess this episode is about what people choose to fight for Mm -hmm. When we first get in, it's uh, Rip literally torturing himself, watching the same message over and over and over again. I'm like, Rip, you just, you you like being tortured because it's a message from his son Jonas with Miranda in the background. This is going to be really angsty, and I'm sorry in advance again. This is, we've barely been recording for how long and I'm already... But I would like to think that that was one of the last messages that he got from his family because Miranda was talking at the time about how um, things were getting worse in London where they were living and there were more soldiers. And just hearing that makes things, oh, wait, this might have been the last time she ever spoke to Rip because we don't know how fast um, Savage's forces really moved in. Like we got to see, we get to see a little bit of that in, a, in some episodes up ahead, but. This might as well have been his last, the last message. And he was probably didn't think too much of it at the time. And then they die. And it's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Um, like, and really, this is a good Rip episode. Rip mm-hmm. does some of the bad things in this episode. But this is, again, Arthur Darville does such a good job with Rip in making him sympathetic and then unsympathetic. He's really well done in this episode. Yeah, he's like rip roaring drunk watching this too. So he's kind of really slosh because it's gotten and to him. He has been crying too. Like I like like oh ah he's been crying he's drunk he's been crying. This is a great show. Yeah, he's been drunk and crying for apparently a week in space time. <laughs> well, uh, you know he hasn't got over it. <laughs> I mean, we don't really know how long it's. The, I mean, based on what I can assume, it's been maybe like two, three weeks since the legends have been recruited when you think about it in the timeline. And um, we don't know how much longer before that he'd lost his wife and son and there's no timeline on grief whatsoever. So he's still likely going through that. And it's lucky that Martin kind of comes and he he's there to kind of jolt rip. He's there and rip seen him he assumes this oh i'm the captain i have to kind of give an answer but he doesn't really follow through and that's understandable yeah i thought about when martin comes in and rip is doing this little sad party little pity party again i'm not negating that he's going through it but this is rip he always has a cry and a glass of whiskey on hand 
Um, but when he's like, oh, I'm not much of a time master to save them. And when Martin says, well, you're the only time master they have, it made me think of one of a series of Star Wars references we will be making in this episode. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, hail Amaya Jue and Carrie Fisher. Amen. But yeah, the reason Martin comes in is that so they've been on they've been on the wave rider for a week. And when you think about it, I mean it's a big ship, but any but after a week somewhere, and I think we can all attest this based on the quarantine. Things start when you're isolated that long and you can't really go out, it gets a little testy inside. And also we have to remember that uh Leonard and Mick has just had their fight. So there's extra tension on the ship between the two of them. So that's even more fun. All right. So but yeah, it's like so when Martin says this, um we see that Mick is in the cargo bay and he's He's throwing a knife. It kind of looks like a Sarah's knife, actually, when I was looking at it. He's throwing a knife at a wall. Um, Sarah and Leonard, I almost called them something else for a minute. They're playing gin on the floor together. And um, Nick's ticked off because he didn't get to stay. And he starts going off. And Leonard's like, oh, where are you going? And Nick's, Nick doesn't like being checked in on like that. He's feeling very almost kind of enclosed is what the vibe I'm getting. He's a lot like an animal in a cage at this point. Like he wants to get out. He wants to be done. He's done with Leonard. He's done with this whole damn thing. He's been lied to. He just needs to get out right now. Yeah, this is where um, I'm going to out the three of us right now. Uh, we're we're <laughs> Mick apologists. Um, not for everything, because I'm not saying. Yeah, there, we have, there's some things we cannot. Season one, Mick apologists, I definitely am. And some of season, yeah, yeah, season two. Uh, there again, when Mick messes up, it's not like we're gonna gloss over that. But I think it's it's in this part where Mick says to Len, when Len says, "Yeah, hey, where are you going?" and Mick goes, "Why are you gonna punch me again?" He's right to say that. Yeah, he's not wrong. And we he's... all know how much I love Leonard Snart and is a Snart fan. But like, yeah, I'm a Mickologist for this. Yes, Snips. Snips. Also, I just want to mention that Len, um, Sarah says, well, how do you feel? And Len just says, peachy, which he said before. And I, I just like that little phrase. Wifeworth Miller will always murder me with his snark performance. And I am grateful for that every day that we got to see that man portray Captain Cold. Yes. So while this is all going on, we get a distress call, which is great. <laughs> yep. Helps break Captain- up the boredom. Yeah. They're pretty much disastrous right now. Yeah, but it's almost thankful because I mean we don't really see how Kendra is doing, how Ray is doing, how Jax is doing, but we can assume it's a little awkward given the fallout of the last episode. But then you have the very staticky distress call come in from another Time Master, Eve Baxter, and um, she's putting this distress call. And at that time, they decide that hey this is actually going to be a good idea because it states earlier that they don't know how to track Savage in history right now because when, and now here's the lore job of this episode, whenever a time ship returns to the vanishing point, the CPU updates with the current timeline data. Since Rip is a runaway, he can't exactly do that. But with the ship that's down, he's thinking, okay, we can get on, maybe and get this um, data update 
or something. I think was that was that right, or am I thinking ahead? I think that, you're, yeah, no, no, you're that's right. The same thing. Um, and also, I think, didn't we get a bit of a flashback about the Time Masters? So we kind of learned a little bit about the Time Masters here before we get to the captain where we where we learn about Miranda and for some reason why women Time Masters wear skirts for some damn reason. Uh, let's, go, let's go into the Rip Miranda flashbacks. I don't know. If we'll do it all in one swoop because welcome to this podcast we think we have structure but we don't so there's <laughs> there is a flashback to rip and miranda and it looks like oh no their time ship is being taken over and we don't know that it's a simulation at this point we just think oh no they're under attack and this is very exciting to everyone on the pod uh, Miranda's the one running point and Rip's shooting at everybody and just like, it's not going well. And she goes, Gary, would you get uh, her AI's name is Gary. We're all Gary Green fans here. It's, it's the funny part is like, again, we will come up with our whole, whole ahead cannons about this. So we're like, are they going to ever mention like that Gary and the other Gary, especially now that our Gary is dating Gideon, so it's 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 a fun spoiler cannon. <laughs> spoiler. Never forget, I made you all a Gary Green powerpoints. That's this is true. You think us being snimps is bad? Please wait until season three. <laughs> we're green beanaholics. But let's get back to season one because we're not yet ready for Gary, but we will be. But as for this Gary, who I could not find the actor for as much as I tried, but Miranda basically saves the day by shooting everybody out through the airlock by having Gary open the doors. And we're like, oh, the day is saved. And then Time Master Declan comes in. Fun fact, he is the Riverdale principal. I swear, the CW- Was, was, because- because I don't did. know what's happened. I, I don't I don't I gave up on Riverdale. I don't even watch it, so good luck. I went I know he was part of the cult at some point, but um what? <laughs> yeah. I have to watch this one day. It sounds like crack. I'm just sorry. Well we'll have a special well we'll do a day for that. But yeah, um he the actor was Principal Weatherby on Riverdale, but we get to see Mr. High Master Declan here. Some somewhat in a saner role. <laughs> I um, love that Rip is so pissed off because apparently this maneuver is like she shouldn't have done this maneuver. This is against every rule in the book. Yeah, I think they're playing it up. He's playing it up a little bit too of the oh, I can't stand you. And then cut to right after they get this was like, so this is like a little simulation for time masters and training class. Rip and Miranda are making out in the hallway. Nice. Why right in front of Declan to right like, in front of my wait. cereal? How you could you couldn't wait? How long? How yeah. how how down bad are you, Rip Hunter? I was like saying that too. I'm like, why in the hallway where you can get caught? Why are you not smarter than this? You're not. They're both into danger. Yeah, they're both idiots. Sorry, but they're idiots for this. I don't know. May, I don't know. I don't have much luck in love, so maybe I'm a little cynical here. 
So then, because Time Time Master Declan sees them, and they're about to explain, which, again, I love. It's like, yeah, we can explain why our mouths were on each other's mouths. <laughs> that was I not was a romantic one. parasite. This is not the kiss you were looking for. This is not the kiss you were looking for. <laughs> and that is our second Star Wars reference. Ding. We should have a little um, check for that. But... Get ready for your third Star Wars reference because Time Master Declan reminds them that it is forbidden for Time Masters to have attachments. Jedi's much? It's like Ding. Jedi's on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least Jedi's could hook up. Time Masters apparently cannot. Oh yeah, Jedi Code says you can go and... <laughs> You can bang whoever you want if you're a Jedi. Says, you just can't be attached. Say the K word here. Criff. Criff is the K word. Oh, yeah. Criff. <laughs> like, but, but like Time Masters are not allowed to do anything. They're not allowed to have any relationship whatsoever. They say specifically this reason. They're asked, like, they're asked, can you remind me what the rule is about Criffing? Uh, they say, well, basically, you can't have attachments as a Time Master because any enemies to the Time Masters could look for your ancestors or your descendants and hurt them, thus affecting time. Which is an interesting concept, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid rule when you think about it because if you, it's kind of like, I mean, if you go back and you kill someone... And their kid ends up, I don't know, inventing rubber, then you kind of doom the timeline away. Who wants to live in a world without rubber? Okay, but my point is they would still have some kind of attachment because they have parents. So they'd still kill somebody like their siblings or their parents. So there's still something. I don't get it. It's kind of weird. I mean, to be fair, in the comics, um, Booster Gold, who is Rip's father. Well, the reason in the comics, Rip specifically does not tell Booster that he's his father because Rip is the one mentoring Booster Gold. Um, so that's oh. their kind of dynamic, it's not, it's which kind of borderline is Oedipus. No, is. they're not like it's not like that. This is and this is Blue Beetle erasure. Anyway, <laughs> I, I won't stand for that, but. So, like, there's all this time nonsense kind of wrapped up, and it is Jedi-like, but you're right that even the Jedi aren't that strict about it. Because with the Jedi, it's just that attachment can lead to fear, which can lead to the dark side. This is basically, you cannot get married because they might go after your kid that might do something in the future. You don't know what, but they might do it. It's essentially that one mean girl scene. Do not have sex because if you have sex, you will get pregnant and die. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna make that meme and put it on our Twitter. Um, <laughs> we need to get a picture of Declan saying that. But that's a good point. Um, like when you mentioned the parents, I guess that just made me think of spoilers again for season one. But later when we go to the orphanage where Rip is from, maybe that's why all the Time Masters are recruited from Time Orphanage. Because you don't know who their parents are, per se. They can still go after the woman running. 
because she did have an attachment to her. So you know, there's a lot of stuff that is like, okay. But yeah, just kind of keeping up and just so we don't get sucked this whole because we can go on all day about this. But when they're at their disciplinary hearing, they're going through all this and and they decide, okay, we're going to break for a short recess before we, del- we deliver your verdict. And Rip, and Rip at the time is thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to do the good thing. I'm going to be the one who resigns. And of course, with typical, um, it's almost predictable. It's really almost predictable. And it's disappointing to me that Miranda is the one who ends up resigning instead. Okay, it's a little misogynistic as well, because it's like, hey, the woman wearing the skirt, A, gets to quit her job that she actually was good at, B, for a man, C. All right, listen, Legends of Tomorrow costume department, I got to put you on blast. Why can't you let women women that wear socks in the bed bay or have pants in the future? You do the same thing in progeny. It really is just like man wear pant, woman wear skirt. Why is there still gender in the future? And then like exactly, she, yeah. And then she goes on this whole thing of love, and she goes, "You don't know what love is, and I'm gonna quit everything for love for you, Rip." And it's like you could have a relationship and a job at the same time, ladies. Yeah, ladies, there's always a opportunity you don't have to choose between a career and your partner don't uh first of all i was just gonna say no gender like gender in the future is what vandal savage wants it's not what we want (laughs) yeah it is this i feel like this was very present in a lot of media at the time which obviously and has been prevalent in media since forever but I'm, i'm gonna draw a comparison to the lego movie where it's it's always please don't log please don't turn this podcast off i have a point <laughs> um where it's the more competent female character is never the one who gets to save the day and be in charge because always it's always the bumbling guy who has a heart but it's just some dude who is somehow more qualified than the girl with skills isn't this just Futurama then? Yes. <laughs> but you, we can't besmirch Futurama here. And then we can't. That is my time travel show of choice. After Legends. <laughs> but yeah, we have that. Um, but that flashback is shown at various times throughout the episode. And Rip experiences that as he is traveling with his boarding party to the acts the Acheron. Which Acheron is, checking my notes here, is uh, the river of pain in Greek mythology. It's one of the rivers of the underworld. Interesting. That's fun. Forgot about that. I knew about the river to, sticks, obviously. So we are going to rescue Eve Baxter, who is based on from the comics Bonnie Baxter, who is Rip's lady friend in the comics i could not find much information on her in my research but from everything she is basically she is purported to have all the same skills as rip hunter but because she's the woman in the team they have to save her a lot Mm. because women i have too much to say about that one 
Yeah, it's yeah, pretty much just like, Miranda. Like, we'll talk about Kendra in this episode too. But oh lord. Which actually, that's a good segue. If we can stop back, we're just saying, well, why does the somewhat incompetent man get to be in charge and the woman isn't? When Ray, when Rip takes off in his boarding party, he says to Ray, "You're in charge," and then says to Kendra with this little wink, "And you're in charge of him." Ugh. <laughs> That is like the worst line. It's like, I'm gonna like make a big wink at you right now. Rip Hunter, we don't need the compet right now. These people have known each other for three weeks. <laughs> Rip is too busy struggling with his own compet <laughs> in this season. <laughs> so we don't need any more from him. But, I just yeah. like the giant wink is so annoying. It's like, hey, check him out. And they're like, okay. Ray is like a kid in the candy store at this point because he's like, yeah, I get to be the captain. Like he's a, he's literally a five-year-old. But yeah, so we kind of get to see a little bit of that five-year-old too come out in one of the boarding party members. So Rip ends up taking Stein, Jax, and Nick because Mick is one, Mick's one of the first volunteers. He wants to get off the ship. He is tired of having Leonard constantly looking over his shoulder. And he's just ready to go. But when they're on the jump ship, which I almost called by a completely different name, <laughs> please just tell us the name. I called it if if you are a Star Wars Rebels fan. I was when I was watching the episode, I thought, oh, it's the Phantom. Wait, it's that wrong show. So there's another one for your Star Wars counter if you're doing that this episode. Ding. <laughs> but Stein mentions on the jump ship. Um, oh, I did call it correctly that when he was a boy he always wanted to travel in space he built a ship out of cardboard boxes it was his little childhood fantasy honestly rip is a very ad- not rip martin's very adorable i mean he can't fly obviously because he's wearing glasses and that's a thing but like he's so cute where he's like i just wanted to be with this forever because Kate and I are making gestures because, oh, well, Martin says, well, the NASA We're has children. very strict guidelines based on whatever. And Jack says, and weed. And smoking weed. Because he got I'm high. Because he got high. Because he got high. <laughs> We're, we, have, we, we are emotionally immature individuals. Yeah, because to kind of go along with that, I just wanted to quickly mention Mick had volunteered to be on this jump ship like we said because when he volunteered Lennon said really and Mick says any prison's better than this time ship yeah. or no that's what Martin says uh, because Mick says yeah I, w- I want to go home and Stein says where prison which rude and Mick says any prison's better than this time ship yeah again it's that animal in the cage he used to get out before he mauls somebody literally Anyway, so he's gonna, he's gone, he's off the ship. And then we have, like, again, Ray playing with all the stuff on the ship. And he's like kind of just mentioning different captains. He's could be. And oh, yeah. He, when, yeah. Because he says, um, he says, uh, Kirk, like Captain's Log. He's doing like the Captain Kirk monologue and Star Trek and Kendra says you are not Kirk 
Which I agree with Kendra. He is not Kirk. He, there's no way Ray Palmer in a million years is Captain Kirk. And then he has the audacity to make it worse. Oh, the audacity of calling the card sexless to no end as a Trekkie is like, what? He had Vosh. He had Beverly Crusher. There was that thing with Q. I mean, like, seriously, no. Picard is not sexless. Yeah, Picard's not sexless. And look, he's Patrick Stewart. Are you going to sit there and say no to Patrick Stewart Mm -hmm. ever? I'm not even. I'm not even a Trekkie, and I and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm in 100 percent agreement with what I, I've seen. Screen cap, like, you know what? He was fine. Mm-hmm. And nice. if we're gonna agree, he's any Star Trek character in the whole universe. He is Tom Paris from Voyager, which he uh, was the pilot of the Voyager. Because yeah, Dora's 100 percent Bolana as well. Was he the one who couldn't sit right? He had to like climb a chair. No, that was Riker. Riker couldn't sit right. (laughs) So he was a big dope and a kind of a ladies' man, but like then he ended up with Bolana and like kind of settled down. Good for him. Good for him. Star Trek knowledge, though. Well, because he also says when he's actually flying, like, oh, I'm like Sulu or Han Solo. He's not. (laughs) Dang, seven now? Is that seven? Yeah. Again, he's, he's a... not he's not Sulu either though, because Sulu pretty rock too. So no. We since we had a Star Trek comparison, we gotta have a Star Wars comparison for Ray Palmer too. Now pilots, I'm gonna throw that out the window because Ray Palmer is not a pilot, and I will not give any of my favorite Star Wars pilots the audacity of being compared. Well, there's one, but <laughs> I'm not gonna go into that. But um you all want to, so what, what do we decide? Who was Ray again? I thought he was Kanan, but I don't know if you changed your mind. Echo. Oh my god, Echo! Again, I don't know this one, so I have to turn this over to the the people who watched that one. Once again, sorry, I just talked about the Bad Batch with Kate <laughs> without warning her beforehand. Yeah. I was gonna say Hex, but it's not as annoying. <laughs> Ray is the mom friend and Echo is the mom friend of the Bad Batch. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, he does have some Kanan quality abilities too, though. Male like, wife. Yeah, he's total male wife. Yes. I will say, I love just backtracking slightly a bit, but when they got on the ship, they realized that, oh, wait, it's a trap. And we have time pirates on side. <laughs> That's nine. <laughs> We're like, God, I'm losing counts. So it's got to take counts. But, um, oh, and wait, we actually forgot the other one. Jack says, when they get upon, upon Yakron, he says, to quote every Star Wars movie ever made, I've got a bad feeling, feeling about, about this. this. And that's when we see our time pirates led by Captain John Valor. Still. Dilf. I was gonna say it. If yeah, you I was like also known as Captain Dilf. <laughs> um, we're in our pirate era now. You know, our flag means death. I'm glad p- pirates are resurfacing in pop culture. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, so we had black sails which ended, and now we have our flags meet death. So yeah, we have lots of pirates now. I wish the time pirates came back. I think they're fun. They really were. I mean, like, how did we not like it? 
the subsequent seasons not run into another time pirate. We only see them one at a time. When do we see them again? That was in season two, um, Abominations. I totally forgot we saw them again. (laughs) That's why. We forgot. That's why. Okay. (laughs) Forgot that episode. We like to. But um, I was going to say, we can't see these time pirates again because they're all dead (laughs) by the end of this episode. Wait, did we see them too in the... I think we might have seen them. But I'm getting off track. Sorry. Um, but... We get real pirates later. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, John Valor, he... So he had been imprisoned by Eve Baxter. On the way back to the vanishing point, he and his crew broke out, took over. She destroys their time drive, which they, which is basically like um, destroying the engine, I guess. I don't know cars. I really like their warp core to take a Star Trek thing. I, I just wanted to pop in and say that John Valor is actually, again, a character from the comics. Um, he that's the, his name. He goes by the Black Pirate. He was a real, well, not not real as in existed in actual history, but was a privateer in the 16th century, and at some point was pulled from his own timeline from the Lord of Time and brought to the year 3786. Lord of Time. I love comics. This is so ridiculous. I love comics, like, man. Like Lord of the Rings, Lord of Time. My Lord of Time. He was later um, hanged for his son's murder, uh, which he did not commit. Uh, and so he put a curse on the town. And oh, so he him. exists as a ghost in comics for a while. As you a pirate. What? They deserve it, though. They killed him for nothing, you know? Whatever. Comics are great. Re- anyway, Captain Dilf comes on the scene and was like, hey, uh, I'm in charge now. Which again, yeah. we, he's everybody at this point is kind of together except for one person who's still back in the jump ship that we have to remember Stein is still in the jump ship. Yeah, they, yeah Riptides leave Stein behind just in case things go off plan, which happens when the Time Pirates capture them. And we also found out at this time, Rip had a little bit of a reputation. He was kind of infamous running Time Pirates off. Uh, Star Wars reference, ding! Maybe ding! a slight one, because Zaller's like, ah, Rip, hunt, fri- Rip friggin' Hunter. I thought you'd be taller. I don't know. It just reminded me of Anakin saying, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. I thought you were going to say Leia addressing Tarkin. Excellent. <laughs> um, we had to keep moving because we're just going to talk about Star Wars. So pirates um, hail the ship and Captain, what's his name? I don't want to keep calling Valor. him. Valor. Thank you. Oh, wait, no, oh, no Baxter. Wait, Baxter or Valor? Who are we talking about? Oh, Valor. Valor. He's technically captain now. He calls the ship and is like, I'm going to murder your captain. <laughs> I like the, he's about to pull the trigger and... <laughs> Ray is like, I think he's bluffing. And Len goes, I don't think so. Think so. See, if I were to put anybody in charge, and again, I would probably put Kendra in charge, the person that you put in charge realistically probably would have been Len. He had like more <laughs> like plants. <laughs> like Ray, I don't get this. Len can't fly a ship though. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> You're then not again, wrong. Ray can't, Ray can't either. But get, I mean, Gideon does all the work. Gideon is the pilot. 
license. You get it. I mean, Rip can't drive. He doesn't even have a pilot's license. <laughs> I will say right before this scene, two small details that are important. Uh, first of all, the way um, Sarah and Len sit, not straight. Because uh, Leonard Snart always sits like a cat. I wish we had the video of this, but he's sitting with like one leg all the way on the other side of the chair and Sarah's doing like the same thing in her chair. Great. Also, Rip gets like punched in the balls, which I just had to mention because nobody's <laughs> done that yet that. on the show. And um, Valor punches him in the balls. And I, I, I just have to say, that was great. <laughs> I, missed, I missed that. Oh my God. Honestly, at this point, we know that Kendra should have been like running this whole thing. Seriously, we should have had Kendra running it. But Rip says like a phrase to Gideon. Uh, did anyone write down what that specific phrase was? I wrote down the second uh, one. I wrote down the second one too. I didn't write. Well, down I don't the remember first the one. first one. But whatever it is, it's something about the. It. it was some kind of like battle or navigation. I don't remember. Yes, but that ends up being a keyword for Gideon. It like overrides because when the captain says that it, it overrides, which is um, foreshadowing for later on. But then, so, there's problem on both ships. Who's back on the jump ship? Marty. Martin. And also, I, we have to do what we have another reference coming in. A Back to the Future one with Great Scott. Yes. yes. Which Martin got to say astonishing. Yes. Honestly, goals. Like, Martin Stein is the true MVP of this episode, and I will say that. He is the MVP of this episode, which barely happens but martin is just like awesome in this episode yeah because he ends up saying um it's up to you now space ranger which are the comics and stories that he liked space ranger another dc comics character it's been a few different characters okay uh, so yeah another little reference which i thought was fun yeah martin's so- going to be our little gremlin mm-hmm but yeah so well that's well all that's going on event so Gideon is flying the ship and taking control of the weapons and being a beautiful badass. And the Acheron is in pursuit. It ends up hitting the Wave Rider with a shot, even though, even after Rip calls another next word, um, Conjuro, which was the holographic projection. Conjuro, I actually wrote this one down as the next projection. Uh, next code word, that is actually a supervillain in the DC comics. Um, you, if you saw, he kind of shows up as a various Green Lantern Justice League villain. He, if you watched the Justice League animated show, he was like a star witness at John Stewart's trial when they accused him of blowing that planet up. But then it turns out he took money for that and lied. Anyway, that's just fun. Another fun comic fact. Let's keep it rolling. Ships blown up. Well, a big hole's blown into it. Yep. And then this is where that moment where. Ray's still in there. Ray's still the bridge. Kendra's still the bridge. Leonard decides, hey, I have a good idea. I'm going to use my cold gun and ice over this big gaping hole that's in the edge room. And Sarah goes right along. Sarah goes after him too. And um, they end up trapped. It's it's the biggest trope ever. <laughs> they end up trapped in the engine room. Yeah, they're trapped in the engine room. And then like they're kind of... I guess because I guess it's freezing in there. So they're kind of freezing to death. So it's also huddle for warmth trope. Mm -hmm. And they start talking about like Mick 
And we find out about the juvie thing between Leonard and Mick, where Mick saved Leonard. Yeah, Eden, would you mind, do you want to take talking about what happened there? Uh, what happened was uh, when Leonard was young, apparently he was in juvie. And of course, they're going to pick on the youngest kid on in juvie to no end. And then he was probably new at that point. I don't think he probably been in jail at that point. Uh, so Mick, he's getting beat up by everybody. And Mick kind of just swoops in and protects him. And he said after that. Nobody ever messed with him ever again. So Mick's kind of always been his big brother in a way. If you don't ship that ship. Yeah, there it just kind of establishes in that moment. Um, just like the deep connection that Len and Mick really have. That goes beyond just... Because Mick's called him, is that okay with you, boss? Mm-hmm. In this episode, making it sound more like a business relationship more than anything. But... It, it really shows that depth between both of those characters. It's really interesting how it, how he brings it up because Len is talking about the day he was close to death. That was when he thought it was all over and it was kind of spurred on when he asked Sarah, who was canonically died at this point, hey, what's it like to die? And looking back now, um, all these years later, that conversation is like a knife in the heart with knowing what's coming. I have to agree with you because like, again, I feel like that conversation had to happen to make him okay with what happens later on because he, she just talks about death so calmingly. She doesn't like, it's not like she goes like, I was really scared. She goes, you get scared, but then you kind of, it's kind of a calm thing where it's, she was, I think, this is like one of the most poignant moments in the first season I think is just the two of them talking and the way Sarah just describes it as not really scary or comforting but just like lonely yes it just felt like everybody I ever loved is a million miles away which kind of it gives us more insight into Sarah's headspace in this season just again to contrast season one Sarah with the Sarah we Mm -hmm. have now Ooh, and I have uh, to say, even with the bad writing of Kendra, they write Sarah really good. Sarah's writing is really on point in season one. Mm-hmm. I, I just think this moment between these two characters, it, it shows like a real human connection in both, which is at one point they're referred to killer klepto and pyro. But it shows this humanity that the both of them have either kept hidden or are afraid to accept. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What I also find interesting is um, with that whole thing as well is like he has his sister, he has everything else, but like you have the justification of like the positioning of Mick talking about the same thing with Rip where like he's talking about Len and what did you do to my partner? He's not the same person I remember. And the the like kind of the parallel of him being in the brig and him talking to to Rip about Leonard and how Leonard has changed and he's not the man that he remembers him being. Mhm. Yeah, I yeah, it's interesting to see their evolution but also I have to list our next Star Wars reference again. As Rip Hunter is violently thrown into the brig 
landing at Eve Baxter's feet, which almost, which I was like, this is an interesting shot. I kind of like this. He goes, he goes, Captain Eve Baxter, I'm Rip Hunter. I'm here to rescue you as a lovely homage to A New Hope. With yes. Rip. So yes. Rip is Luke Skywalker. Is Rip Luke Skywalker? It's more likely than you think. I I was gonna say uh, when you were saying I liked the way he fell out of his feet. It's because Rip looks his best when he's getting hurt. <laughs> true though, it's very true. It's, it's not a lie. <laughs> um, but yes, he walks and he's like, "We're here to rescue you," <laughs> and she's like, "Great." But well, I also yeah. want to mention, I guess. It didn't mean a lot to me at the time, but after season seven, it's just Eve Baxter and her AI Gilbert, and there's nobody else on the ship. It's just, uh, as we learn later, it's always one-time AI and one-time master. Yeah, it, it's very interesting because we go into that lore later on in yeah season seven. We don't really touch on it that much, I feel, until then. But yeah, if we want to keep talking about Mick... And this part, Mix in the prison, which, first of all, I also want to mention, Mix stands up for Jax two separate times mm-hmm. in this episode. It, Jax doesn't really stand up for him back, but Mix says, hey, like, don't talk to the kid that way. And he, he cares about him. He yeah. does, and yeah, we see that later on, too, with the Western episode. Listen, I think when you steal a time ship to go commit a crime and then try and help your, your buddy um fixes childhood and ultimately fails you're kind of bonded for life in a way that's Gross. fair but this... um oh go, go, go ahead yeah i mean we can talk about the rip stuff in a second but just keeping on the mick theme i think mick and his conversation with rip while they're in the cell together is very telling oh, because God. i think it's it's not just that Rip says, I only recruited you because you and your partner were a package deal. I think it's more that Mick is afraid, and that confirms to lose Lent and to lose their partnership. And he believes that Rip was like, oh, you filled his brain with all these fairy tales. Is He's, as much as he doesn't want to admit it, that he just wants to do crimes. And I don't have a doubt that he enjoys doing his crimes and having fun is he doesn't want to lose Len because Len is all the family Mick has. And and the interesting part is literally Rip being Rip and being an asshole is usually calls him stupid. And he's like, I'm not stupid. And that conversation just shows you how stupid he is not. And he's like, well, what would you do in this situation? We've been we're taken by pirates we're in this brig what would you do and he's kind of quiet and i feel like in that moment he was thinking about things yeah i think ultimately what rip says to mick that mick was just the package deal he was the insurance to make sure snart would go along that's that's what tips him over is at the end this is his and here's your next star wars reference this is pal this is palpatine telling anakin you can save your wife that's this moment for Mick. Yeah. yeah in, a way, so. in a way. In like, a way. Not- no, I, I was trying to say if there's like, I thought it was going to be like 
the Yoda moment when he wasn't lo- won't let him be a time master or time master. Well, yeah, that, actually, actually, that, that's a better comparison. That that's that that's his. We we grant you the rank of master, but you do not sit on this council. Yeah, yeah no Mace Windu slander here. No, no, we um, like Mace Windu. <laughs> um, because they were they were right. Star Wars <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, but I think. And we've talked about this in a bunch of episodes that Mick does have an emotional intelligence that it doesn't seem like he has it on the surface because he kind of portrays himself as kind of a just, yeah, like yeah, meathead. That's meathead. what he called a meathead. Uh-huh. But I think it's one of those we talk about he has more of a cunning than like an intelligence per se. But I think Mick does understand like an emotion in a way um the issue the other interesting thing is like again he he's like as soon as rip goes what would you do what would you do and he's kind of badgering him at that point he goes i think that's exactly when he comes up with the plan he comes up with and he goes i know what to do because this guy is an asshole i need to get off the ship i need to go back home i'm done with this whole trip um yeah but yeah i think also just um and it's interesting to think about. It. I'm just kind of having this occurrence right now. This, like, this is not the first time Mick's been insulted. Most of the time, it's Stein doing it, and Stein can be kind of a jackass at times. So I think we can all admit that he's mm-hmm. he is very arrogant. And you know what? Mick just brushes it off because that's who we know Stein is. I feel like he get, I feel that Mick gained a sense of trust for, with Rip. He when especially when it came to Kronos in Russia. And when Mick warned Rip that, hey, if you do this, he's got to kill you anyway. And hearing Rip tell him, you are worthless to me, that that hits, that hits an, emotional, an emotional chord. Yeah, especially, I love that you brought that up because to parallel, like later, that's why Mick comes back for Ray at first is just, hey, you did this for me. So I'm going to save you in return is that he went and he helped Rip and Rip won't help him in return. Oh my god, I didn't he think broke about that. The <laughs> honor my among thieves. Exploding. Oh my god. Yeah, that it. just not how you think about it. Yeah, definitely. And it proves that Mick isn't done because uh isn't dumb because what does he invoke? Parlay. Hey. Honor mm-hmm. among thieves, thief code. Mick's like, hey. Uh, I know pirate. I speak pirate. Mick loves talk like a pirate day. Yes, he does. But he, yeah. So I feel like he maybe watched like Pirates of the Caribbean a little too much. But he goes, "I'm gonna parlay with this captain right now. I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna get like I feel like he's kind of lying. Like I'm gonna get you guys out of here, and I'm gonna talk to this guy. Like they're like Rip's like he's gonna get us out now. Rip in that moment." When they're like, oh my God, he's leaving. Is, is he going to come back for us? Rip goes, yeah, he's he's not. And that's that's my fault. He, which again, Rip, poor little meow meow. That's, that's all Rip is. Rip looks good getting hurt and being sad. That's what he's good for. Who is the meow meow? Is Rip the meow meow or is Mick the meow meow in this episode? That's the question here. Well, Rip... Rip gets his, um, uh, I don't know. Rip's on the gates kicked in the balls, so I'm going to say Rip. 
But interestingly, when, it, when this is all happening, we still have, uh, you know, the surprise that the pirates don't know about at all. Oh, yeah. Martin uh, Martin has a body count in this episode. Yeah! He does. He does. Because <laughs> a little beret pirate, he's a pirate wearing a beret, and he goes into a room. We just hear some fights, and then Stein comes out wearing the beret and holding the gun. Face Ranger! I love that beret, because it's like he puts on the beret and becomes somebody else. He's like, <laughs> I have the space guy. It's the Superman go- uh, glasses. This. We all have that one item of clothing or jewelry or piece of makeup that we put on to feel like a friggin' superhero. Yes. Don't at me. You know it's true. But then Stein comes in and he saves them. And I just love that um, Jax goes, hey, Space Ranger. Oh, this is the first time that, like, Stein and Jax don't hate each other in a while. I mean, they didn't in Star City 2046, uh, but it's still nice to see. But yeah, so while Mick is negotiating his parlay, um, there's all this drama happening on the Akron, but let's get back to the other drama that's going on on the waiver because Sarah and Leonard are still slowly becoming little popsicles and Ray thankfully has decided he's going to help out. And then we have, oh, let's get into this. First of all, oh, Lord, I <laughs> want to say once again, I feel like we say this every episode, Sierra and I, um, we know you're not listening to this because you want nothing to do with legends. And we don't blame you. Understandable. Uh, sorry. <laughs> we are uh, so sorry. She mm-hmm. is. Now she plays it well because she's very talented. She is a manic pixie dream girl in this episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump out the window. Well, first of all, she's like, she's making all the cool Star Trek references, you know, like a cool girl. Because it doesn't come off as like she loves Star Trek. It comes off just so she can play off of Ray. Yeah, it's a little teasing. You, you're not lying. It is teasing. We need to start a cool girl counter now. You realize this. We're going to have to start doing the cool girl counter. Every woman that's appeared on the show is a cool girl. It is true. Miranda is a cool girl turned dead wife. They fridged her. They definitely uh, fridged her. Yeah, so while Ray's out repairing, um, um, she is he's here's the 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 adam suit is not a spacesuit ray may ray had like 10 20 minutes tops to make this thing survive in space and the fact that he's lasted that long that long out there is admirable but tender's inside she's the only one who's not in danger of freezing really when you look back on it and she's just trying to keep him awake so she's asking him all kinds of questions Sorry. Legends does not do straight relationships well at all. Never. They never have. It's well maybe oh so let me let me say this this way. In the early seasons of Legends, I think that Mm. they here's what I what I noticed being a very longtime veteran of this fandom is that these the um uh, how do I put it? 
the, the, the relationships that are heteronormative, that they're chosen mm-hmm. to be pursued, are not, it doesn't draw a lot of people in, I noticed. That's what I noticed. Well, it's not they very also, popular. They For also t- the not so heteronormative relationships are more appealing to the fan base is something I've noticed. They also tend with the hetero relationships, and I'm not saying this, that they jump into it with no, with no, no like, no. you know, background or anything. Like, look at Steel Hacker. I love them, but let's throw them in. Even Green Ship, let's throw them in. I mean, the only one I feel like there was actual lead up was like Bastra. That's it. That's the only one I feel like there was lead up for. Dark Adam. Dark Adam. Yeah, so Dark, last year Dark crack, Adam wrote itself, though. Yeah, it did. That's they true. were married. It worked. <laughs> but um, I do appreciate Ray here, though, when Kendra was... I, I gotta say, when characters have an unconventional answer to what your favorite color is, I always have to kind of laugh at that. Like, I, will, I still will not forget finding out that Clarissa Stein's favorite color is stripes. Although, although given Ray's response here that he doesn't really have a favorite color, it's just kind of like, yeah, because it makes him okay. feel bad to pick. He it makes him feel bad to pick, which is like very sunshine boy Ray. There, I thought that's called anxiety. That too, it is. <laughs> that's why I said Ray should be three PO if we're assigning Star Wars characters, and I was You're not beat up. We didn't beat up you. I I kind of agree with you though. I kind of agree. And I feel we kind of, and the funny part is we see where that anxiety comes later when we see Kid Rice. So yeah, that's very interesting to call back. Back to Star Wars references. um, Ray's running out of oxygen. He's about to die. And Gideon (laughs) says, Dr. Palmer's. Dr. Palmer's chance of survival is um, 3,270 to 1, which is the line 3PO. 3PO has that line about 3,270 to 1 in the asteroid field. That's also a New Hope reference. This Is is this our 12th reference so far? I've lost count. If you yeah. can count all of these, we'll retweet you on Twitter. Honestly, though? Count all of these. Honestly, yeah, we can tell they're big um, Star Wars fans because they have me George Lucas anywhere. Yeah, if if you wanna tweet us, we're at uh Week Legends. So any information you have on this on Twitter, tally, yeah, at us. Instagram. Is that it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but we're not over on the hell site yet. Not quite. Uh first so Kendra, well, it says Ray's gone into cardiac arrest and she's trying to resuscitate him. There is and once again, take a shot when Mary mentions DC media. That's not this show. There's a moment in Justice League, um, the cartoon, when Jon Stewart is unconscious and Shaira, pop girl, resuscitates him with her mace's electrical pulse. I, once again, sorry to Ray Kendra fans, you're valid, but you are. It's, it's Shaira and it's Hawk Girl and Jon Stewart every day for me. Okay, you know what? You say mm-hmm. John Stewart. I keep on picturing the comedian. Not I the do comedian. not read comics. Not a, I'm not, sorry. Don't, don't, don't stand by a man Stewart. like this. No disrespect to either man, but. I, 
I do. Listen, John Stewart was my first Green Lantern, and I will always have the utmost respect for him. And that came from looking at a picture book as a kid. We stand him here. Um, we, when, so when Kendra manages to wake him up, she's saying, no, Ray, I can't lose you. I can't lose you, too. Which, again, I get, because she's seen a lot of people die in the last few days. Her son, mm-hmm. her soulmate. She watched a woman go boom in Russia. Yeah, that's true. And then he wakes up, and then that's when that's when Len and Sarah come running in, and they're like, "What happened?" And Gideon goes, "Mr. Palmer nearly died." She's so thrilled. That's what I, one thing I love about Gideon as an AI is that whenever death is mentioned of humans, she is Amy Amy oh Amy Pemberton always has a very chipper voice when describing that. And I love it. It just I love murderous Gideon. It's the best, best thing ever. Even like we got her even more this season. It's just lovely. I love murderous Gideon. Gideon listens to murder podcasts. I will not take this. She does. Gideon, drop uh, your favorite murder podcast. Stabcast. Uh, Stabcast, exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> um so uh, while this is going on, Mick has boarded the ship with the time pirates. After Len has just finished saying, yeah, of course Mick would come back. And he has so much faith. I have to say, Ray's potty mouth this season. Ray says son of a bitch to Mick. I was like, Ray Palmer? He cleaned up his language. Captain America talked to him and said, language, sir, language. <laughs> But yeah, so, they, so Gideon announced that Nick is back, but Gideon also neglects to mention about the time pirates. I don't know if she could have known that or not, but uh, she gets a pass. But um, Mick comes and it's a very it's a very dark moment and this is where we really see that this is Mick's betrayal. This is his, he is in his Barris Off era, he's in his Anakin era, he's in his Crosshair era. That three Star Wars references for you. I will make a classical reference. Like, look, I'll make a classical reference for this. He is the Brutus to Caesar. Oh, yeah! For those non-Star Wars people. Star Wars. I'm so sorry for all the references that keep dropping. I am, I'm trash. This is our Star Wars episode. And we had some Star Trek in there. Yeah, we did. Uh, this fight in the hallway with Sarah and Kendra and oh Len. that fight is so good yes it's almost a one take I, th- I think it's a one take I I would need to re- well, I wish I watched that closer but yeah it's I love that hallway fight scene because you because it's it's such a good group to have together honestly I think of mm-hmm. fighting but um the reason they're on the ship is that and Nick kind of breaks off to do this because he's made, he struck a deal with the pirates. He wants to get the time drive, which was busted on the Akron. Because again, he wants to get the hell out of there and get home and bring Len with him. And the person that stops him in the room, though, is not Len, it's Sarah. Mm-hmm. This is so interesting to watch again with six seasons of Mick. Mm-hmm. And again, spoiler, the fact that Mick gives her away at her wedding is even better. Because it's no, like Gary gives her away. No, Mick gives away Sarah. Oh, wait. 
Mick gives to Sarah White. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that's even more interesting because he's like, I like you, Sarah, but don't get in my way. And that changes into basically a brother and sister relationship, which is fantastic. But yeah, so that while this is going on, on the wave rider sign has freed Rip Jacks and Oh yeah, it's just Rip Jacks at this point because I'm mixed and on. Eve. <laughs> Andy, oh Andy, sorry, I'm sorry. He, Andy, and they end up storming. They take back the Acheron, and it's interesting. Like you have all this like three cut scenes. You have three different scenes like cut all together. Three different instances. You have Nick fighting Sarah. You have Ray and Kendra and Leonard fighting the Time Pirates, and you have Rip going against John Valor. And it's so great how they're all whoever edited this cut them together so well that it's almost like it's it's near seamless it's a really well done episode just in general all the directing is great there's great creative choices taken yeah it feels like they got to take their time with this episode so mick is now by himself after the pirates have been defeated and they're kind of like what do we do with him now? Because he'll just do this again. Can I interrupt just quickly? Before we get to the mix scene, uh, we have to get rid of the time pirates. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, there were the time pirates on the ship. Rip uses Miranda's plan with her um, Baxter's AI, Gilbert. And I like that all the AIs have G names. We never get an explanation for that, but I like You're it. Right? <laughs> But he presses the button and all the time pirates go zooming out into space. We hear the Wilhelm scream. Star Wars. Space. <laughs> the final frontier. For like 15 mm. references. But also just, but yes, the time pirates are out. And slightly backtracking is that this is where the cold wave divorce really becomes like, it takes another hit when mix trying to get Leonard to come with him and Leonard is caught between the legends and the pirates and he says time to choose a side I guess chosen and just shoots the time pirates and at this point he is now mixed enemy which is again full circle to white knight where he goes lady I am not your white knight and he literally becomes that white knight in that very scene where he could be like I'm going to betray all of you but no I'm not going to do this and it's almost further reinforced and I have some issues with the scene mostly because of continuity errors but um when we see um Nick shoot Sarah with the heat gun and she looks like she's in Burma. We barely, the fabric's not even singed on her shirt. We don't see anything. It's just, come on. Listen, if you're going to do it, you got to commit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got to commit. But then this kind of, but it almost, it portrays Sarah as a damsel in distress sort of way that Leonard comes and just mm-hmm. shoots Nick right in the chest too. I got to say, that's got to hurt. But it's like, uh it's kind of like a, uh really do we really because yeah, we but, all know I mean, sarah could just kick their asses is and it it's sweet like- you know what for some fans it's sweet and i w- i was in that population um <laughs> this is my, my this is her here. uh her cold <laughs> canary 
My Captain Canary oh, era. You. You knew, if you knew me back then. No, you don't. You don't. Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. <laughs> well, I know. I still keep in touch with some people. They are very, very, there's some good people. Look, there's weirder pairings than that, so we're good. But yeah, they're left with the Nick question now, because what do you do? Because he's tried, because he's, he's he, how do you know he's not going to stab you in the back again? Yeah, so then uh, once he he really doesn't know what to do with Mick, and he's like, leave it to me. He puts them on the planet and literally, like, kind of throws Mick to the ground. And he's like, we can't have this. Because he knows that Mick will definitely come back and probably try to kill them all. He's not above this. We even say specifically, they say, so what are you going to do? Put them back in Star City 2016? And Lynn says, we can't because my sister is there. And your wife and your yes, sister. Sir. He knows that Mick will like exact his revenge. There's no doubt about this. So he goes, and all you do is see him shoot Mick with the gun. So you don't know what happens afterwards to that effect. We don't know. Just to build on that scene, it it's once again showing that Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell play off of each other yeah, so, so well. Good. You can just see this agony on Len's face with what he's doing he's like you're a liability to the team Mick and Mick says but you and I were a team and I remember that was being I remember they had that voiceover said in the promo this is like me like really snapping back I remember that voiceover and it's very interesting this conversation comes after Eve Baxter agrees that she's not going to call the time masters on rip she's going to let him go she gives him the CPU update and he tells her there's no higher calling than love and yes, you can perceive love in multiple ways. I, ch- but whether it's family or romantic or platonic love, and I even think that kind of applies in this scenario, that um, Len chooses to do this because Nick is someone who has been in his life for years and for decades, and if it's gonna come, and so he wants to be one to make sure he knows what's happening to Nick. Honestly, it it feels like it goes right back to his story about what happens in, in the juvie where Mick saves him. And he this is the hardest moment for him because this is the man who literally saved his life when he was a kid. And he has to sit there and go, this guy is a liability. He saved my life. I probably still would not be alive if it wasn't for him. And I have to choose right now to do this man in. And I, that's not an easy uh, decision to make at all. Side note, I really do love the music. The score here, Blake Neely was a master. Is a, It's one of the Arrowverse masters. Um, if you ever listen to a Blake Neely score, go do oh, that. Oh, it's good. Um, it's very good. It's it's so, it's, it's so, it's, it's very, you get this emotion of sad. It's just, it's tragic. That these two friends, they who these brothers, it really that's what they are at this point. What or not, I don't care. Um, it's sad that this is what they've come to. It's tragic with their history. And the way the episode just cuts off on Leonard shooting the gun, which we presume is a Nick. I mean, at the time I was thinking, oh, he really did go through with that. Yeah, I thought he killed him at that time too, because you didn't know what was going on at that point. It's amazing the episode ends right there because for some reason I thought there was a scene after that. No, um, it, it literally <laughs> ends with the cold gun right toward, which is a, another great shot because it's the cold wave gun right in front of the camera. So that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, a great shot. A chilling end. 
Yeah. But hey. <laughs> hey. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. That's a Batman and Robin reference for you all. Once again, take a shot. Are you still standing? Are you still standing? Drink, please drink I think water. they're dead of alcohol poisoning at this point. Drink no, you don't have to, you don't have, you can be whatever you want, but please be responsible. Um that's so Oh, the only other thing in this episode is that Ray and Kendra kiss. Wait, this is probably why we forgot, because again, this is not a relationship we really like. It's cute. I thought it was cute at the time. We've it's been six it's it's been six years. To me, it's like, yes, Kendra's a nice person, Ray's a nice person. They're just not they don't have the chemistry together that like maybe Ray and Nora have and it's it's just weird. Yeah. It's it's like it's like when people say, Oh, you should be with this person because you're really good friends with them. Yeah. And, or just like or something like that. I mean, we all we I'm hoping y'all went to school or it's like when you decide that you're and so people are like, Oh my gosh, you two are so cute together. It's like or you decide to date a friend. Just nice decide to date a friend because you like that friend <laughs> yeah i think that wraps up everything that went on in this episode that was our rambling recap <laughs> good times Very good times. but i think overall this is a good episode mm-hmm. we don't coming up soon we don't have some of those so. oh lord uh, bear with we... us please well oh gonna... uh, Good segue. So we learned that the next place we can find Vandal Savage is Harmony Falls, Oregon. Oregon. In Yum. 1958, if I'm correct. 1958. Yep. Yeah. Which which we all dread this episode. So yay. I yeah, have a lot seems... of mixed feelings on this episode. Yes. <laughs> which we will get into next time. <laughs> Same legends time, same legends place. Drink again. I I, seriously, if anyone is, if I almost want to put it, if you are keeping track of references, well done. Because I'm not sure. I think we've ended at um, probably like five or six Star Trek references. Definitely sixteen. Okay, I'm, I'm guessing it's a 16 on the Star Wars references. Some Batman Wars references. Yeah. Got at least two Batman references, I think. And um and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> We're too broke for that. Oh, but damn it. Would this be a time to do our final thoughts? Final thoughts. Who'd like to go first? I'll go first. Um I really, the, you know what? This is one of the episodes I really do enjoy um, on rewatch. This is one of, like, it's up there. It's not at the bottom, obviously. But this is my uh, favorite. I, I For the Sarah Lenz stuff and, like, Martin just getting to be a hero, which he hasn't done yet, it's my favorite thing. Again, him putting the little beret on him, like, I'm just going to get all you. And he's so unexpected, too, because he's older. He's the oldest member of the of the team so it's so much fun to see an older person go i'm just gonna get you all because he's so unexpected so that's why it's one of my favorites makes me the one gif of helen mirren in that car with the two guns <laughs> on the window you are not lying that is the truth 
Eden, where would you put this in your ranking for season one? Oh, God. Um, I, I said like White Nights is up there and White Nights is definitely still my favorite. Um, I think this is like three. Okay. I guess um, I'll go next. So yeah, um, when I, at the time when I was watching this live, um, when I actually had access to do that, I loved this episode. It had a lot of stuff I really enjoyed. It was probably definitely at the time it was one of my fa- it was probably my favorite episode that had aired to date. Um, I love a lot of stuff. I love a lo- I love that we're doing a kind of space rescue episode. I love that we have some emotional turmoil going on within our friendships and causing that angst, which I absolutely love angst, if you don't know me. Um, we get to see uh, some more about who Rip is, what makes Rip tick, why he feels his higher calling compared to his other Time Masters, despite how he was raised, how we know they were raised, which we get to in a future episode. Um, love to see Stein with that beret and just leading the charge. Also, yeah, I, I have to say this. I, I do like the Sarah and Len engine scene. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's really Overall, good scene. I do. <laughs> I love. It's an episode for me that, I, I mean, there's some things I don't necessarily agree with and that's fine. I mean, that's part of being a critic. You got to pick, you have to love and be conscious of what you see and consume. Overall, my standing up episodes, I think I would rank this maybe, um, oh, this is hard, but I think this is probably my top three potentially fighting against white knights. Probably, this is probably two or three for me, I would say, in favorite episodes. Yeah, just kind of to echo what's been said. um, I know I talked a lot last episode about the cheapness of Star City 2046, (laughs) but I think this episode is shot really well. I think it's paced well. I think the fla- sometimes I don't like flashbacks in a lot of media because sometimes they're just exposition. And while I th- I do have my issues with the Miranda plotline and I don't like that she had to give it all up for Rip, I think the way the flashbacks are incorporated is really cool. And I like the addition of Time Pirates as like kind of a fun in lore adversary we could have so that we're not fighting against vandal savage or boring ass grant wilson we have <laughs> something fun to look at true i'm asking got some dilf gotta yes gotta. we got some dilf we <laughs> got some dilf action we got some milf action we're good great but I'm not gonna go further than that <laughs> and you know the star wars references really fun i think this episode yeah it definitely has, I think the last scene, I guess it, it's one of those, now that I've had six seasons of Mick watching this episode, kind of gave me that new perspective and got me, because they definitely write him to just be the bad guy so that I missed the nuance at the time. But I think it's an episode that when you rewatch, you pick up on new things each time. And I don't think all the episodes do that. I would put this episode at my number three i think failsafe and white knights basic but it is it might just be my favorite two-parter of the whole show it, it really is so good it's such it's like a good doctor who two-parter it is it's so good and i think there's like only two three episodes down the line that could dethrone my top three we'll get to them as we get there 
but I know. I, I have, have one, but it's a sad one. So yeah. Mm. Oh no! Oh no! No no! Oh oh! I know. If you know, you know. You know, you know. Any final thoughts on this episode before we go to timeline check? I I love Gideon's urge to murder. I do too. Air. We, we simp. Also, Gideon. Was that called Gimp? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We no. Well, it's time once again for the timeline check. The part of the show where we try and track where the hell we are in time. So where are we in this episode? Does anybody know? We don't know, because here's the thing. We're in the temporal zone at the start, where time doesn't really happen. Then we go to deep space at an unspecified point, which yeah, is a time still happens. We're just in space. And we're but- with the Time Masters, but we don't know where that really is. But we do have a time, yeah. don't we? We know it's probably at least like, I think it's at least 10 years or so prior. Around. But then we also have um, wherever Leonard dumped Nick. Which we also don't get a timestamp for. No, we don't get a timestamp. We don't know where that is. For all we know. Okay, I just had a very dark thought that I'm not going to broadcast on here, but um, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to, but essentially, Let's be the fact that, well, I, I can't say too much, but there's no signs of um, human life anywhere. There's no, no intelligent life here, Jim. <laughs> there we go. There's another one. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So we don't know where we are in this episode. Next week, we'll be going to the 50s where we have a lot of mixed feelings on episode eight, Night of the Hawk. Was so that would be a very interesting one. Is there anything one. good about the 50s? Um, you have the soda shops. And I'm, that's about it. I can drink a cream soda now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, can we, have can those. We, can we go get milkshakes? That's a great place to end this episode. So once again, thank you all for tuning in. And if you would like to talk to us, once again, we are on Twitter at Week Legends, not physically weak but days of the week and we are also on instagram at legends of next week and eden you want to plug our email it is also legends of next week at gmail.com we will take suggestions um comments help sometimes if you'd actually like to maybe join us that would be cool too we're welcome to guest stars I mean, we you are. had a really, you had a really great one a couple of weeks ago. So, always looking for new input. If you guys have any ideas on segments you'd like us to do or extra things to talk about, just go ahead and let us know. But in the meantime, I'm Mary. I'm Eden. And I'm Kate. And we are the Legends of Next Week. See you some other week.